0: Charles Woodson, Desmond Howard, Denard Robinson, Timonga Patuka, from Yost to Arbor, Passed down from generation to generation, Michigan football has stood the test of time. What's that feeling you get when you catch your first glimpse of the big house? When you hear, and take the field? When you see the team emerge from the tunnel, sprint across the field, and touch that famed m Blue banner. Saturdays in the fall, tailgates with friends and family, favorite players, favorite teams, and unforgettable moments. A lifetime of memories. College football in 2020 may be unique, but it has arrived at the corner of Stadium and Main, which is where you can find Michael Spath and Justin Rowe sharing their analysis. Their stories and their emotions about this year's Wolverine. This is the Stadium and Main Podcast, presented by Capnick Insurance Group, Wolverine State Brewing Company, and Lewis Jewelers.
1: Welcome to the Stadium and Main Podcast. I am Justin Rowe, joined by my co-host Michael Spath and our special guest Maddie Muschin. It is Friday, March fifth, and your Michigan Wolverines are Big Ten
2: champions. And dang, it feels good to be a champ, doesn't it, Mike? Justin, I, I tweeted this earlier already. I mean, it feels better waking up a Big Ten champion than it even did going to bed a Big Ten champion. And mm-hmm. you know, this is a this is a team that that certainly from this from the season that they've had. Um, you know, 15 wins in, in the, in the big 10 here, I'm sorry, 14 wins in the big 10 here, uh, just absolutely outstanding year. Um, and to, you know, I, I think all of us wanted it to happen on Tuesday night for a variety of reasons because Brad was, was mouthing off because, mm-hmm. um, the align, they were the second best team in the big 10 and it didn't happen and it was disappointing. It was frustrating. Uh, but to, to clinch the big 10 championship against your rival on your home court, being able to celebrate, you know, seeing some of the video, you know, John Beeline in the stands and the seniors, you know, looking up and waving to him and saying, thank you. And then Juwan Howard, um, you know, his attitude, his, his emotions, I mean, he's dancing on the court. The guys are, you know, mobbing him. Um, Mm -hmm. It was just, it was really awesome to see. We are really lucky as Michigan fans right now, Michigan basketball fans, uh, I should say. So, Maddie, for you is this, I mean, you you came in as a freshman, now you're a senior at Michigan. So where is this rank in moments for you as a Michigan fan?
3: I mean, this feels pretty good. Freshman year when we made it to the national championship, I mean, we had high hopes going into that game. That really felt great. I think when we um, were in the final four, we won that game. I mean, that was great. I personally wasn't in Ann Arbor when that happened, when everyone was mobbing the streets. Obviously, we can't do that now. Um, But personally, I think that this tops it just because knowing what happened in the national championship game against Villanova that I think maybe soured the moment. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, this is pretty great, especially to winning against your rival Michigan State. I think that this is, it would have been great if we won on Tuesday night, but I mean, winning against Michigan State in Chrysler, I wish there were fans there, but yeah. this is pretty awesome.
2: Well, I'll tell you guys a quick funny story. So um, I, I don't know, Madeline, if you if you know this, but I'm in a house divided. Um, my wife is a Spartan and I'm a Wolverine and it gets a lot of play. We joke about it on social media. It got a lot of play when I hosted Inside the Huddle and we kind of have a long-standing bet that whoever's team wins, you get to fly the flag for a week. So last night I'm going out at like 5.30 to pick up pizza. And I get in the car and I pull out of my driveway and I look. And at some point during the day, my wife had put the Michigan State flag outside (laughs) our house and it was flying and it was flapping in the wind. And now, you know, technically she violated the terms of our of our bet because her football team won. She gets it for a week. She was having some fun with me and certainly I said this to a couple of my, I told a couple of friends and they're like, oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad she did that. Even, even though they're Michigan fans are like, that's so cool of her. Um, but I immediately took it down and I haven't put up the Michigan flag yet. I will this morning. Um, but, you know, I watched the game last night with my wife and my father-in-law and my mother-in-law who are all, all Spartans. And there was no rubbing it in. There was no nothing. I mean, Michigan, as we'll talk about here in a minute, you know, blew the doors off of them uh, in the second half, I think it was a 17 to four run, um, at one point. And I, I, I mean, Justin, Michigan state was stuck on 36 points. I mean, it felt like for the entire second half, I, I do think it was actually for like an eight minute stretch in the second half.
1: Yeah. I, I was just going to say, I think it was eight or nine minutes that they were at 36 and, um, they had only scored, I think four points in the second half up to that, to that run. So, um, It was really just – it was impressive all around. I think, you know, honestly, the start of the game felt a lot like Tuesday. Both teams were in a funk. It was not good offensively. There were guys on the ground the whole time. It was um, just kind of – just not really – nobody could get in rhythm. The the refs did not help that. They were calling just about every foul they possibly could have, which is the opposite of what you usually see and want to see in a rivalry game. You want to see them – let them go at it for a little bit and not call the ticky tack stuff, which is what they were doing. But um, you know, after Michigan got into a rhythm, especially into the second half, I think Hunter Dickinson had a couple back-to-back dunks, which were, um, you know, were great. And, and Mike Smith was starting to pass the ball a lot better. Same with Eli. And, and then they started getting into a rhythm and it felt like Michigan basketball again. And then they, you know, they did what they've done all year long, which is, They start getting into a rhythm and then they put the clamps down on defense and Michigan state had nothing to do. They, they, there was nowhere to turn for MSU to say, all right, here's the answer. They didn't have one. Um, and I think the stat that, that really broke out to me was, uh, Michigan state was zero for nine from three point yesterday. So I would love to know. I didn't do a, a deep dive, but I would love to know the last time that Michigan state did not make a three-point bucket uh, against uh, Michigan. So that was just really, that was what stood out to me. I think Michigan's d- uh, defense came back alive and they were back into into playing Michigan basketball that we've seen all year.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with you about the defensive side of it. Uh, Maddie, what stood out to you in yesterday's game?
3: I mean, comparing it to Tuesday, I think a lot. Obviously, they, <laughs> they turned everything around um, from Tuesday. But from the rest of the season, I think that they were just ready to take on Michigan State. I think that they've been preparing for this game for the entire season, um, You know, especially after last year. I think that they were excited about this game and obviously they have to go to East Lansing and play again. Um, but I think that they went on to the court really excited about this matchup and after a little chip on their shoulder from Tuesday night i think that they just played lights out and i think the three point stat too is so interesting i mean you would think that they would make one three point shot uh michigan state would but it, you know you you can't play what ifs but it would be interesting to see if if they did get that stat up a little bit what what were to happen but I think Michigan probably would have still ended up winning. It just might have been from, uh, with a slimmer margin.
2: Well, it's it's you know to, to to both your points. I mean, I do think the energy uh, Maddie was was a lot better yesterday. Um, I, I think the thing that I saw early on in the game was it was sluggish, Justin. There's no doubt about it, and mm-hmm. it seemed like they were both trying to feel each other out. Uh, and and Michigan didn't panic this time around. Like they seemed to panic on Tuesday night against Illinois when things weren't going their way and they got out of the rhythm and they got out of their, their ball, flo- uh, ball movement offense. Um, you know, in the first like 10 minutes of that game uh, on on, two- on Thursday night against Michigan state, like I felt like Eli Brooks was the only one that was playing well offensively for Michigan. Um, but, you know, to their credit, Mike Smith uh, kind of settled down. I think he had three turnovers in like the first like six minutes of the game and then um, largely eliminated those uh, those turnovers the rest of the game. Um, and you know, Franz Wagner was, was nowhere to be seen in the first 10 minutes of the game, but the finish with 19 points, including four of six from three point land. Um, you know, Isaiah, Lever, everybody looked a little bit just like disjointed. Like there was a little bit of a hangover from, uh, from the Illinois game, but then they settled into it. And the one thing that didn't change throughout the 40 minutes was that defense that you mentioned, Justin, their defense was smothering, uh, mm-hmm. in that game last night, uh, to hold Michigan state to, to zero. Um, you know, three pointers, 43% from twos. Um, you know, when you combine that up, uh, you get an ugly number for Michigan State, less than 40% overall. They were great on the uh, on the defensive glass. Um, you know, they they had 27 defensive rebounds, only gave up eight offensive rebounds. It was just a much more complete game. It was the game that we've seen Michigan play um throughout this entire season. And and, you know, I, I thought especially when you look at like the last five minutes of the first half and the second half, like that is the team, like hopefully they got themselves back into rhythm. Hopefully they got themselves back into their flow and we see it carry over uh, into the game on, on Sunday against Michigan state. And And let me, get, let me ask you both of you this. Now, when you look at this Michigan state game, you know, obviously uh, you want to see Michigan win, but like, what to you does this game represent? Is it is it simply just like, hey, you finish the season with a win? Hey, you finish the season fifteen and two. Um, you get a sweep your rival. Like, what does this game mean in the scope of things for Michigan basketball where they find themselves right now? And Justin, let's start with you. Like, what do you think this this game means on Sunday?
1: Yeah, well, it's kind of funny. I asked you it last week, I believe, when um, I said what if Michigan's in this situation where they win the big 10 against, uh, against Illinois or MSU. And then does Juwan Howard sit his starters to give them legs and, and go into the big 10 tournament? Is that more of a slap in the face uh, to, to Tom Izzo and MSU than actually going out and beating him by 20 or 30? Um, so I don't know. We'll see what that's what, you know, what Juwan Howard says, but I think last night after the game, he did uh, respond to some reporters and say, no, this game on Sunday does mean a lot. And I think he knows that the Spartans watched them uh, drown in confetti last night as they walked off the floor, you know, so they're not going to come out and say, all right, we're going to roll over. The season's done. They're still fighting for their tournament chances. So I to Michigan state. It still means a lot. And you know that they're going to come out firing to Michigan. I still think that this this is going to show you, all right, is this team, uh, are, they, are they okay with just winning the Big Ten or are they trying to do more? Are they trying to build on this win, get back into that rhythm, as you said, and have some positive momentum going into the Big Ten tournament and then ultimately the NCAA tournament as well? So I think this team still wants to go out, beat Michigan State, and sweep them in the regular season. I think that they're going to, come out as just as fired up as they were uh, last night, as we saw. And so um, I, I think it'll it'll show a little bit to us if, uh, you know, like I said, if this team's satisfied with where they're, they're at right now, or if they're hungry for more, uh, as Isaiah Liver said in, in a lot of his post-game press conferences last night, he said he, he wants a Big Ten tournament title. He wants a Natty title. He wants it all. He wants to go out. As a as a senior here with a lot of banners and, and rings on his fingers,
2: yeah, I mean, great stuff there, Justin. Maddie, what do you think? What does this game mean in the scope of what Michigan is trying to accomplish the rest of the season?
3: I mean, I look at it also in a house divided. Just personally, I think it's more so the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry. Um, you know, you look at Juwan Howard; he's been here for two years. To sweep Tom Izzo, you know, if they go on Sunday and they win any slanting, obviously there's no fans there, so it may be a little bit different. But to sweep Michigan State under the reign of Tom Izzo, I think that as a Michigan grad, Juwan Howard, you know, it would m- mean something a little bit different than if it were, uh, you know, Illinois or Wisconsin or a- another game. And I think too, just going into the NCAA tournament to deny Michigan State a tournament seed, um, I think would also maybe put the nail in the coffin for Tom Izzo. And I think just to have this momentum going into the tournament after we've had great momentum this entire season before Tuesday. I think it it really I agree with Justin. I don't I don't see uh, Jawan Howard really letting up um, I would hope that you know some bench players got a little bit more time maybe if they were up by up by a bit um, but I, I think that Juwan Howard has too much respect for Thomas and vice versa mm-hmm. to you know let up um, on Sunday especially in East Lansing
2: well you know Justin when you asked me this question last week I, I said hey maybe you if, if you if you go into this game and you've won the Big Ten like maybe you rest the guys and get them ready for the Big Ten tournament that was before the scenario of losing by 30 points to Illinois. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and with that in mind, you know, I I think you want to, you want to win every game the rest of the way, right? I mean, you want to beat Michigan state on Sunday, you want to win the, I think it takes three games, a quarterfinal, semifinal, and the final of the big 10 tournament, especially if that gives you an opportunity to exact some revenge against the uh, against the Illinois uh, basketball team in the conference championship game. And then you want to go into the NCAA and win your six games and win a national title. But, Maddie, I think something you, you, you said there about, um, you know, as you were talking about Tom Izzo and you're talking about this rivalry and you're talking about Juwan being able to sweep Tom Izzo, you know, and, and maybe put the coffin in this season for, for Michigan State. I mean, Juwan would be three and one against Izzo in his first four games. Now, he inherited a program, uh, certainly, you know, far better than, than John Beeline did. But just to be able to say, like a second year coach, Second year, not in, not at Michigan, second year coach is already three and one against Tom Izzo. Like, what an awesome accomplishment that would be for, for Juwan Howard. But the other part of this, and, and you got me thinking about this, Maddie, when you said uh, that coffin comment is, is even in my, I guess in my house, like, you know, Michigan State making a tournament is a good thing. Um, it keeps, keeps the family happy. But if you reverse this and you were to ask, Michigan State fans, and you were especially to ask Tom Izzo because Tom Izzo has talked for decades about how much he hates Michigan, and it all goes back to uh, how he thought that Michigan was cheating under Steve Fisher and how they were uh, getting uh, Chris Webber and stuff like that. And I mean, he accuses Michigan essentially being like um, the lowdown dirtiest program out there. I mean, go back and listen to it. I mean, he get, gets after Michigan like they robbed him of his livelihood, which is just you know just utterly really stupid. Uh, but if you were to ask him, you can put a nail in Michigan season and end their chances of going to the NCAA tournament and ending a, what do they have like a 24 year streak of making the tournament? Tom is would 100% say yes. Like I want to do that. I hate these guys so much that I want to end their streak. I want to end their season. And last night when you were watching that broadcast, I think ESPN put it up that if they lost the game, they had a 32% chance of making the NCAA tournament. I don't know what it is yet for Sunday, but I imagine if Michigan beats Michigan State, that their tournament chances go down to probably like 25%. And then it ultimately says, like, you got to go out there and win the Big Ten tournament in order to get in the end So, you know, from a purely vindictive rival standpoint, the, the game on Sunday gives Michigan a chance to uh to end that 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 streak, end his O streak, and um, you know, put them out of the tournament this year. Like, how good if you really want to be, uh, if you really want to be, you know, what this rivalry is all about, how good would that feel for a Michigan fan to say, like, we put an end to Tom Izzo's NCAA tournament streak. We put an end to Michigan state season in 2021.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I come from the West side of the state. That's where I grew up and I have most of my friends are Michigan state fans. So this has been, um, you know, for so long it was, you know, they would dominate in basketball, right? And so Michigan never had a shot. And now, you know, with Beeline and, and Izzo, it was back and forth. And now with Juwan Howard, it is, you know, he's, he has the chance to go three and one. And so absolutely, like it is, that is every Michigan fan's dream to be able to shut the Spartans up and say, hey, This is not only just Juwan Howard being great, but it's Juwan Howard shutting the door on Tom Izzo and the Spartans. And, and this could turn into a, a situation where it seemed like Jim Harbaugh, uh, you know, shut the door on Mark D'Antonio's career as well. And now, you know, it's kind of looking the same way with, uh, with Tom Izzo. So in specific to this year though I mean I think that's every Michigan fan's dream after everything that they have gone through with Michigan basketball and even Michigan football uh this past year with you know losing to MSU this is something my in my opinion when I watch Tom Izzo on the sideline and I watch him complain and stomp and cry all I want is to see him sulk into the locker room and and go without a tournament so the the chance that or the this in the scenario that Michigan has the chance to actually take that away from them, them themselves, that is just so
2: sweet for a Michigan fan. Yeah. And man, I feel a little vindictive, but I, ah, whatever, you know what? I mean, if I hadn't listened to 25 years of Tom Mizzle talking about how Michigan has, you know, was a cheater and jobbed mm-hmm. him and did all these things and you know, all, all this stuff, like, I, I guess maybe I wouldn't care that much, but, um, all, all good things must come to an end. That's and, what makes the rivalry great, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I'm, I, I, would, I would love to see it. And the thing too, is, is one more part of Sunday's game is if Michigan goes out there, like Illinois fans already this morning, I, I saw ESPN posted a video of Juan Howard dancing. And, um, I was like, oh, this is so cool. This morning I was looking at, it and I clicked on it. And then like, I started reading the responses. And I expected it to be like, mostly Michigan fans. Like this is awesome. And instead it was all these salty Illinois fans complaining about (laughs) why don't you play a real schedule? Why don't you do this? We beat you by 30 points. You guys aren't the deserving big 10 champions. If Michigan goes out there and beats Michigan state on, on Sunday, they finish 15 and two in the conference. And at best Illinois, which plays Saturday against Ohio state can finish 16 and four. And like, I'd like that two game separation Mm -hmm. um, in the loss column, because if it's 14 and three versus 16 and four, Illinois fans again like you don't have to pay attention to them but they're going to be squawking like crazy but if you go 15 and 2 and you finish with an 882 winning percentage and you're two games better than Illinois I think it just that just goes away um, not that it matters to me I celebrated last night I'm going to celebrate this weekend the Michigan mm-hmm. is the Big 10 champion but I just want, I mean, I just want to shut those people up. And, yeah. and the only way it's going to happen is if that, and then you go out there and beat them in the big 10 tournament. So mm-hmm. I'd like to let see me, it for that reason too.
1: Let me ask you or not ask you this, but just comment this as well is. So let's say Michigan goes out there on Sunday and does win by double digits. Again, that means they're going to be 15 and two in one of the deepest conferences in the country, if not the deepest, uh, and the best conference in the country, 15 and two, conference champions, and they have only, let's see, one, two, three, four of those victories are by single digits. The rest of those 11, 11 out of the 15 victories in the conference are by double digits or more. So, I mean, that is just imp- – I, I don't know if there's been a more impressive season, and especially when you put a three-week pause in the middle of that. And I know there are some people out there, like you said, Illinois fans who say – no, you should have played three, four, five more games, whatever. But it was—it's not like Michigan wanted to do a three-week pause in the middle of the season. So, oh, yeah. I just think it's super impressive to say the margin of victory is—you know—there's a couple twenty spots in there. There's, a, but only four of the of the uh, fifteen wins are by single digits. Have you seen a more impressive run in the Big Ten Conference uh,
2: before, Mike? No, I really haven't. I mean, it, it, this has this has been special. This has been special. You add in all the factors, uh, the twenty-three day pause, um, how COVID uh, has impacted, you know, every team this year. Uh, the fact that, I mean, you know, you look at this like this was, uh, you know, what thirty-six hours after they had just gotten their their butts kicked by Illinois. Like, there's no breaks in the schedule. So, um, you know what? I, I don't. Again, I I was not. Surprised by the talk from Illinois fans, I get it, um, but I'm just I'm just really really content with uh, what Michigan has done, and you know screw everybody else. If anybody wants to put an asterisk next to it, you know just like you go ahead and do what you whatever you want to do. But if you hang a banner uh, as an Illinois fan, then you're a fool um, mm-hmm. because it's not just about a head-to-head matchup. It's about what you do over the course of the entire season, and they've got four losses, and they've lost to some bad teams. And they've had every opportunity uh, to, to have just as impressive a season as Michigan. And it's been really good. It just hasn't been as good as the Wolverines. Well, well, Justin and Maddie, let me, let's finish with this one with basketball. I was thinking about this last night as I saw some pictures of John Beeline and Juwan Howard. Like, how lucky are we as Michigan basketball fans right now to go from Beeline to Howard? I know this is something that you and I have talked about, Justin, before. And I tweeted this out. Tell me what you think of this comparison. And then I wonder if you can beat it. So to me, this is like, and Maddie, you're going through this right now. You want to be in sports media. You want to be a broadcaster. So this is like if you um, were applying to ESPN and they hired you uh, to be, you know, your dream job right out of college. And then you're down, you're, 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 you're rolling the dice. And all of a sudden, two, to, two weeks later, you win the freaking lottery and you win $10 million. So that's what this has felt like for me going from the dream job and then winning the lottery, going from John Beeline to Juwan Howard. What do you think of that analogy and can you beat it?
3: I mean, for me, I'm thinking that was a great one with, you know, landing your dream job and then winning the lottery. If I had to top it, it would be like applying to your dream school. For me, it was Michigan and then getting a scholarship on top of it, you oh, know, just
0: okay.
3: having, especially to uh, I guess it was, it's pretty similar with a financial um, financial win on top of a career win. But for me, it would be getting into Michigan, my fresh, my uh, senior year of high school. And then on top of that, getting of money from Michigan.
2: Okay. So only one half of that happened though, for you, or did you get both?
3: only one half. I actually okay. got him off the wait list. So I mean, doing wow. pretty well now take that Michigan, but
2: <laughs> Awesome, Maddie. I like that one. I like that one. Justin, what do you got for me?
1: I lo- That's like a walk on mentality. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, so I was going to say it was like back when Michigan was with John Beeline, it was like, that is the perfect john beeline's the perfect girlfriend or boyfriend right he is he's the guy who he was uh you know maybe kind of a diamond in the rough for you if you're in the dating world and then it turns out that he's this unbelievable girlfriend that you're you know you're awesome you you're in love you you know he's a he's gorgeous all this stuff but then he kind of realizes that he's pretty good and he's a great girlfriend so he tries to move on and go to you know find something better still pretty good wow. breakup not like anything wow, you know crazy what
2: bad happened to poor justin in his <laughs> life
1: <laughs> i but but then all of a sudden you realize some somebody even better comes along and not only are they gorgeous, but they're cool. They're perfect. They're, you know, they're everything. And somehow, even though you didn't think you could upgrade from that girl, you did upgrade. And so um, I, and then your, your girlfriend, your other girlfriend, your ex-girlfriends, watching from the uh, from the rafters that, and that you're all happy. So
2: um, I don't know. That was, that was my comparison. Wow, Justin. So you, you you went the girlfriend route and mm-hmm. all I can say is, God, I really hope Jacqueline's not listening to <laughs> this one because I don't know if Jacqueline is John Beeline or if Jacqueline is Juwan Howard. She's so, Juwan Howard
1: for sure. Okay. So.
2: Okay. I just want to be, I just want to be sure here. <laughs> Maddie, if you don't know this, Justin got engaged a couple months back mm-hmm. and now I'm a little worried that Jacqueline was, <laughs> it was John Beeline in this scenario.
3: <laughs> yeah. A little bit concerning, hopefully. I would say, too, even, like, Juwan Howard. I've never seen a John Beeline dance for a long period of time. But Juwan Howard has the dance moves. So I don't know about Jacqueline if she <laughs> has the dance moves, but it would be a nice comparison to Juwan Howard then.
1: I, I imagine like I imagine that Juwan, Jacqueline's has Juwan Howard's dance moves,
2: and I would imagine I have Phil Martelli's dance moves. Oh, Justin, dude. <laughs> I, got, I mean, yeah. I'm right there with you, man. I am so bad. It's so funny. And mm-hmm. in our house, my little boy, you know, John is 14 months old and every time like good music comes on and especially he's a big Taylor Swift fan already. Mm-hmm. And so anytime she comes on, like he starts like bobbing and weaving in this whole thing. And the joke in our family, of course, my wife says it, my in-laws say it, my brother says it everybody's like, Oh, he's already got better dance moves than you. <laughs> and the sad truth is that is that that is a factual statement. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe if I get lucky here and I stay friends with Justin in a year and a half, when he gets married, I'll, I'll be invited to the wedding. And then, then he can see how terrible we can have a dance off, like the whitest white dude on the floor, (laughs) which one of us is worse.
1: Oh God. Yeah. I have, there, there's plenty of film out there, unfortunately of me at, at some bars, trying to get down and it doesn't, it doesn't look good. I, it feels good in the moment, you know, after a couple beers on the pretzel bell dance floor, but right. Uh, right. Yeah. It I, when I review the tape in the morning, it doesn't look very good.
2: Well, Michigan fans soak this up, not Justin's dance moves or mine, <laughs> but soak this up for the next, I looked it up 67 and a half hours. Someone said to me, you're going to be the King of your castle for, 24 hours. And I'm like, it's actually 67 and a half hours until they play again on Sunday. Not that I'm counting. Um, So, you know, that's an awesome feeling for Michigan fans. Uh, But the Big Ten championship thing is the rest of the I mean is what eight months, seven months, whatever it is that you get to enjoy being the, the Big Ten regular season champions uh, for, uh, for 2021, which is one, uh, which is just awesome.
1: One more thing to, to wrap it up here on basketball is just, I think, you know, getting through Sunday, let's, let's hope they get through Sunday with a W, but I think they are going to have such a well needed five days off there. Mm-hmm. Right. So they have locked up that they will play, I believe at 1130 central time, uh, in Indianapolis on Friday four, and that's the number one seed game. Um, and it's, they, they could match up with MSU. Um, yeah. they could match up with a couple different teams in, uh, in that first game. But I think that they need this five days, you know, they haven't, they haven't had much time off since the COVID break. So you could tell on Tuesday that their legs weren't with them. They were just, you know, over it a little bit. And, um, so I, I just, I'm excited for them to be able to enjoy this to, you know, today and last night, obviously, Hopefully they still get through Sunday, but then I, I think they're probably very excited for a Monday off uh, and then a couple walkthroughs or something next week, because I would love to see this team, you know, on fresh legs again, going into the big 10 tournament. So that will be exciting for Michigan fans. I think to see a little rejuvenated Michigan team uh, in, in Indianapolis
2: come next weekend. I will say I, I, there's no world that exists where I want to play Michigan state. I agree time, especially if they go out there and beat them on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, That just is not, it's not interesting to me. It's, it's scary to me. Uh, I'd much rather, you know, can, can Michigan state fall off that line if they lose on Sunday, can they fall off the the eight, nine matchup or those? Uh, um,
1: No, nope, they can't now they, they locked in
2: either eight or nine, I believe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I want, I want no part of that a third straight, uh, third straight game. So, all right, we're going to shift to football here, but uh, before we do, um, Justin, you know, I got married at Weber's hotel. You got engaged at Weber's hotel. Mm-hmm. I feel like Maddie, you have to have some type of significant event in your life <laughs> at Weber's hotel uh, because we're, we've established. So maybe your maybe graduation, graduation, graduation party, Yeah, we could hook you up and, um, and get you all situated something like that. Um, but our good friends at uh, Weber's uh, still offering some great deals uh, right now when you go to webersantarbor.com slash offers, including the Workday Getaway, which I take advantage of usually uh, at least once a month, sometimes twice a month. I'm, I'm coming into town next week uh, and going to take advantage of that where you can work in a, a hotel room from 7 a.m. to uh, 7 p.m., uh, enjoy cocktails on the, on the balcony, swim in the pool, uh, just get away. You know, I I know it's for me, you know, it's hard We're we're all this makeshift working from home and uh, my little guy can hear me all the time. And so I try to get out at least uh, once a week and uh, so that uh, everybody can kind of have their own space. Um, They've got date night uh, delivered, stay one night, get to second night, 50% off and a hotel week package rate. Uh, Great deals from our friends at Weber's um, Ann Arbor uh, hotel and restaurant. Uh, And you can check it out at webersannarbor.com. Uh, Also, uh, Justin, when he got engaged, he went to Lewis Jewelers to make sure uh, that he got the best ring possible so that when he put that ring on Jacqueline's finger, she knew that she was Juwan Howard and not John Beeline.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I had to make it big. I had to make it big like a Big Ten championship ring. So, uh, yeah, uh, Keith at Lewis Jewelers helped me out. That's for sure. They are awesome over there. I still... It's, it's so funny cause you know, you hope I actually didn't, I didn't ask for Jacqueline's advice or input at all on the ring. I just went in, I w- went with something that I liked and I thought that she would like, and she, you know, she likes that. I, I did it. I picked it out myself, but they helped me so much and guided me. And now she tells me all the time how much she loves it. And she's like, oh, my God, the sun is out. Now that the sun is out in Michigan here, it's been, you know, three, four months since we've seen it. But over the past week or two, it's been out a lot. And she's like, oh, it sparkles so much. So they did a great job. I know that, you know, they are just so great with helping everybody uh, that comes in there. They really do treat you like family. And Keith has stayed in touch. Um, not just because we you know hes he's a sponsor of the podcast but they have just been awesome to to work with even after the sale after the fact um it's been uh it's been great so i know mike you you've got your eye on some watches there as well they've got rings watches all, all the types of jewelry so go in there and check it out i believe they're working on that uh that new shop as well so hopefully they're in there soon and, and can have even more space for us
2: to go check them out not to not saying this is in in the cards at all, Maddie, but I'm curious because Justin picked out the ring himself. My wife wanted to be involved in picking out her engagement ring. Where do you fall in that in that scope? Someday down the road, do you want to pick out your own or do you just trust your person to, to get it?
3: So personally, this is a funny, funny topic for me because my best friend since kindergarten and I have um, follow a jeweler on Instagram and constantly send each other pictures of, you know, huge rings, but Hmm. we have the conversation of what do you want it to look like generally so that when either of us have a serious boyfriend get engaged, he can go to one of us and we will know and help out. Um, Personally, like obviously I would love to be surprised, but I have her in my back pocket um, as kind of the in-between
2: so okay okay great long-term right. plan there yeah I mean <laughs> not that Ma- not that Mad- uh, Maddie has thought about this at all very
3: much right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. not at all <laughs> <laughs> right
2: well uh, all right so let's great shout out to our sponsors really appreciate them lewisjewelers.com uh, and Weber's Ann Arbor dot com. Um, but let's transition here and talk some some spring football it's actually going on it doesn't I mean, it's it we've had kills. some forty-degree days in Michigan, so it's a little bit nicer. So much focus on the basketball team. I don't know about you guys, and I mean, Maddie, you haven't heard me rant about Michigan as much as Justin has the last six months. But I, for the first time, and maybe it's because the basketball team's doing so well, Justin. But like, literally, when I go to the Wolverine.com, or I go to the Michigan Insider, or I go to M Live, and like I see a Michigan football story, I have not clicked on a single story in the last two weeks because i don't actually care what they say like i've seen the headlines and you know the one on the wolverine.com yesterday was like aiden hutchinson who i really like great kid um great guy great player but he said you know we found energy uh that we never knew we had and i'm like "Ah, whatever you know or like Mm -hmm. mike mcdonald spoke to the media the other day he was talking about his defense and what we're gonna be and and we're gonna unleash uh what was his comments i'm like we're gonna unleash like um, you know, fire. And it was, some, it was something like that. And I'm like, nah, whatever. not going to read that story. I don't like, I am so much in the you have got to prove it to me that I don't give a damn about anything you say between now and September next year. And it's a frustrating place to be as a Michigan fan, because that's not what it's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about like getting excited each season, getting hyped, just like the NFL draft where you're like the possibilities of what's coming but I have zero faith in Jim Harbaugh, zero to get this thing turned around and to have success. And so my expectations are sky low or super low, uh, maybe not sky because it's sky high. So maybe like in the hell low, way under the ground. Yeah. Um, but let me, let me, let me ask you guys this. I mean, first of all, like Maddie, you need to bring some optimism to me because you're a senior at Michigan. Like you have not been through, I mean, you've been through four years of this, but maybe you haven't been through you know, the last 15 years of this, I know you're, you know, 21, 22 years old. So you, you've been alive, but like, where's your optimism level as spring ball is going on? And are you the opposite of me? Are you clicking on everything? Are you getting yourself hyped for 2021 season?
3: I think it's hard, Um, especially I've gone to school with Jim Harbaugh as our football coach, and he is a larger than life coach. Um, So I think it's, I'm definitely going to have a hard time not being enthusiastic about the football team, but after this season, um, you know, as a senior, you want your football team to do well, especially when you can't be there in the student's action experience. (laughs) Uh, So I I think my my hopes for next season uh, were dwindling a little bit as the season went on this year. I'm excited though. I, I do have a bit of optimism. I think that the coaching turnovers are going to be something that's new and exciting and I think Jim Harbaugh has his guys in there he's excited about especially J.J. McCarthy I think that he's going to be one of the guys that will be a leader on the team I think that coming in um, you know Jim says that he's gritty he's a competitor it seems as though Jim Harbaugh sees a lot of himself in J.J. Um, so I think that that will be a great piece that will kind of bring the team together i I definitely am optimistic but after this past season maybe a little bit less so than i was going into the season
1: yeah i i am so i was actually talking to to a friend about this yesterday and they were like talking to me about all those quotes that you just said mike about uh, you know the uh, Aiden Hutchinson and some of these other guys saying they found a new energy that they didn't know they had. And they are, this is the smartest staff they've ever been around all these things. And I had to stop my friend and say, I'm sorry, but I can't buy into the hype one more time. I just can't do it. I've done it over and over and over again in these off seasons. And it just, I, I can't allow myself to get hyped up one more time before uh, a season that we obviously don't know what's in store for michigan in 2021 it's really tough to say with so many changes whether you're talking about the defensive coaching staff or at the quarterback position who's going to be the qb um, the qbs coach you know all this stuff i there's just so many unknowns that i am not allowing myself to to buy into the hype one more time so um one some of those quotes mike that you know we had this we found this energy that we didn't know we had we found you know our practices have been so hyped up and they've been uh you know we've just been running around and doing things in the drills and and moving from one spot to another it doesn't really give me confidence in things moving forward it actually more brings up more questions for me from the previous years Why couldn't, what was, what was missing from the previous years? Why was there no energy? This is Michigan football. You should be energized every day to take it to the, to the, you know, into the hall. So it more brought up questions to me saying, where was, you know, where was this in 2020 and 2019? Why is it taking year seven of Jim Harbaugh for them to have finally have some energy? Was that, is that how you saw it, Mike, or were you, you know, how did, how did you take those quotes that came from Aiden and some of those other guys?
2: Yeah. I mean, this is what happens every year. I I don't, I don't make a big deal out of, uh, out of comments like that, because when you change coaches, when you change regimes um, every time, you know, the media and, and no fault to the media. I mean, they're, they're looking for stories, but the last guys and guys will say stuff like this, like, Oh, the energy is better than it's ever been. Or, um, oh, we're, you know, more excited. Oh, the coaches are teaching us to, I mean, this is, this is just cliche talk. Um, and it doesn't really matter. I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's what you do uh, on, on football Saturdays and, and I'm going to beat that drum and it's going to be obnoxious if you listen to this podcast, but it's the truth and you know, it's the truth. Like all this chatter, all this talk is just talk. It's fluff. Um, you know, there, I wouldn't read anything into it when they say that they have more energy than they've had the last couple of years. Like, don't read anything into that. Like, that's not a true statement because it's impossible to qualify that statement. Okay. Like it's one guy saying that, and he's essentially saying that because he's optimistic and he's hopeful. And, and, and maybe that's the only thing to take away from it is when you hear stuff like that is like, there is some optimism within the team again, when maybe there was not as much optimism last year, especially. Um, but it's, it's, it's it's not worth getting all worked up about it one way or another, like all getting hyped about it because look what the guys are saying um, or all getting, you know, bummed out about it because look what the guys are saying. So I would just kind of honestly, I mean, read it, don't read it, whatever you want to do, but I wouldn't make anything of the comments that come out of spring ball. Honestly, if Michigan football wanted to get their fans hyped and wanted to uh, get some excitement going again, they would open up a couple of spring practices. They would make sure that they have a spring game uh, that is a full-on spring game that shows J.J. McCarthy, that shows Alan Bowman here from Texas tech that shows, um, you know, uh, Cade McNamara being healthy and Dan Velar. I mean, that's what they would do is they would give you a glimpse of what to expect in 2021. Will they do that? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, that's not Jim Harbaugh's way. And, and so I'm not expecting fireworks and things like that. But that's about the only thing that I would have to see in order to feel like, okay, maybe there's something going on here. But let me ask you guys this from, from a spring football perspective is, like, where do you, I mean, when you're looking at this Michigan roster right now, like, where are you feeling really good about it? And where are you feeling pretty nervous about uh, Michigan uh, as they uh, as they roll here through, uh, through spring ball? What do you say, Maddie?
3: Um, going off of my previous comment I think I'm most excited to see what's going to happen in that quarterback position I think last year we had some ups and downs there and now that Joe Milton um, has entered the transfer portal I think that it will be something that is up in the air but I think that I am excited about it I have optimism about that position I think too just as a leadership perspective the quarterback is kind of the the one player that the team looks to, and with so many players uh, leaving, entering the transfer portal, graduating, going into uh, the draft, I think that they're really going to need the team to come together and have kind of that leader. I think we saw it a couple of years ago with Chase Winovich. Um, and I, I just, I'm excited about that position. I think. The one thing that I'm a little bit worried about is the change in coaching staff. I think that we talked about it before with Jim Harbaugh bringing in a lot of John Harbaugh's uh, coaching staff from the Ravens. I think that that even to go from professional football to college football, I think that that's an adjustment. Um, And even to, to go from having so many coaching staff, staff from the Ravens going to Michigan football trying to coach college kids I think that that's going to be an adjustment just for them uh, you know they're used to their Ravens roster and how they function I think that that's just going to be an adjustment period it, it doesn't concern me too much but I think that if that's one of the things that I'm going to be worried about it's going to be that adjustment from how they coach professionally to how they're going to coach this Michigan football team who has had their trials and tribulations in the past?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think the coaches are definitely something that I, you know, I think is just a huge question mark because we haven't seen them. And they, a lot of them have no, you know, play calling or coordinator experience. So definitely one of the big questions. Uh, For me, something that I am excited about is the recruiting. You know, Mike, I know we've talked about this Recruiting is is, you know, is whatever until it translates to wins on the field. But I think that, you know, with Will Johnson and with some of these other, uh, you know, uh, corners that they've that they've landed and commits and, and moving forward, it does seem like recruiting, especially on the in the defensive backs and on the defensive side is going to be very good. Um, and so that's something that really is, is intriguing to me. Uh, maybe they do take it up from a top 10 to a top five class. I know Mo linguist came out and said this is going to be one of the best classes in Michigan history. And I'm thinking, have you ever heard of undersell and overdeliver? my goodness don't come in here in your first month and oversell yourself so Um, but I I mean, they have done a really good job so far. So that's intriguing to me. I think that's where I would feel best is, is in the future, but they also have to win in 2021. Uh, so that's where I'm, you know, the future, this recruiting class is going to help down the road, but is it going to help in 2021? Not so much. And so, um, where I'm most concerned is something that I don't think people are talking about enough, is, and that is the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think Andrew Vistardis has announced that he is coming back, or I don't know if he announced it, but he's on the roster. So he's coming back as a fifth-year, sixth-year senior, whatever he is, um, which will help Michigan, I think, in some depth and some senior leadership – um, but still, there are going to be a lot of new faces on that offensive line. So, whether it's JJ McCarthy or Cade McNamara or Alan Bowman or Dan Valari, they still got to have a, an offensive line that's going to protect them. And that was a weak spot of Michigan uh, in 2020. And they lose their best lineman, Jalen Mayfield, to the draft. So, that's something I'm looking at, especially with a new uh, coordinator or, you know, Cheryl Moore is their new, new offensive line coach. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes without Ed Warner at the helm. But that's something that I see as a weak spot for Michigan. And I'm worried about going forward.
2: Yeah. You know, Justin, I would say um, that I'm right there with you with the offensive line. I've got way more concerns about this Michigan team than I have answers at the moment. Quarterback is a question, although I feel like with Alan Bowman coming in, you can feel a little bit better uh, about that position. Offensive line is a question, um, was not a great unit a year ago. Uh, Changing from Ed Warner to Sharon Moore, who's never coached the offensive line before, you do have a lot of guys back. Uh, including you know Ryan Hayes who who barely played last season and was supposed to be your left tackle of the future, mm-hmm. uh, you know so you do have some some experience come back but, um you know the running backs like how are they going to get used this year like finally maybe with Mike Hart coming in, um he'll commit to one guy or commit to two guys and they won't have this merry go round that they had a year ago, um you know tight end you know wide receiver looked pretty solid but the defensive line they didn't get anything out of that defensive line Quitty Pay is gone their best player. Uh, and, and Carlo Kemp is, you know, is gone. And, um, you know, you look at Aiden Hutchinson has to have a special year, but they're still weak at defensive tackle. They still haven't proven themselves at defensive tackle linebacker. They've been gutted now. Cameron grown, uh, is gone. And Josh Ross was not the player we thought he was going to be. So they have one good linebacker and Mike Barrett. Like who is the, who is the guy? And and Lance
1: Dixon, Lance Dixon doesn't seem like he is going to come to Michigan, which was, uh, supposed to be the guy that comes, saves the linebacker crew.
2: So it's, to me, it's, it's just looking at it and saying there's so many more questions than there are answers. And again, I don't think that that changes over the course of uh, that changes over the course of the, of the, of the spring. Um, I'm down on this team. I'm really down on this team. Um, And there's nothing that can be said in the next couple of weeks. that's going to change my mind. I just need to see it happen on the field and thank God for Michigan basketball. That's all I got to (laughs) say.
1: This is new, Mike. I've never heard you be negative about the football team. So this is something new. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's what I'm but, here for. But I, I agree. It's this Michigan basketball team, I think, has saved a lot of uh, it's it's helped the mental health of a lot of Michigan fans out there. Uh, and so myself included, and, and I know you guys as well. I, I, uh, something funny here. I spent Tuesday with Jacqueline cutting up streamers to help the, the confetti that dropped last night. So we were hoping to drop it on Tuesday, but ended up, it was, it was dropped last night. So uh, it looked good on TV. It it was great. So all, all good, hard work uh, went to a good cause there. So that was great. It was, it was just great. I know we talked about it earlier, but I want to, you know, end on a positive note here with Michigan basketball, great to see Juwan howard having so much fun uh doing you know doing the dances and these guys are doing snow angels and confetti they deserve it they deserve it more than any team out there i really do think that they have fun they work hard they've they've struggled you know in with the three-week pause and and everything that's been thrown at them um but it was just great to see this team this is one of the more fun teams I've, I've gotten to watch here. And that's saying something because 2013 was incredibly fun. 2014 with Nick Stowskis was very fun. 2018 with the, uh, was fun. Even 2017 with the plane crash boys was fun. So this is up there with one of those, you know, more fun teams that we've gotten to watch. And so, um, great things to come with Juwan Howard uh, in the future. And I am very excited for a March basketball run to watch this team, uh, hopefully win another big 10 tournament title and make a deep run in, in basketball or in the NCAA tournament. So we'll talk more about what our expectations can be, uh, for next weekend and the following weekend, once we get into tournament time, uh, for Michigan basketball, but, uh, Thank you guys for listening. You can follow us at Stadium Main Pod on Twitter. I am at Justin ninety two. Mike is at Michael Spath I T H. Maddie, where should they follow you?
3: Twitter is uh, at M underscore Mustion.
1: M U S T I O N. All right, there you go, there you go. Somebody's got to say it right. So, uh, <laughs> thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you all next week.
0: This is the Stadium and Main podcast, presented by Kapnick Insurance Group, Wolverine State Brewing Company, and Lewis Jewelers.